Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. TMS is brought to you daily by the support of our patrons at patreon.com slash TMS, like Adam, Eric Cook, and Cody Dixon. Coming up on TMS, the science of the wet spot. Gross. The hilt is the taint of the sword. Infect people with kindness. The bros must be crazy. TMS is robots all the way down. All around me there are stupid faces. I use daggers. Stabby, stabby, stab. That rotten carrot bowling bag smell. Listen here, engagement farmer. Kevin Bacon, this kindness shit. Tony the Terry. H2O conspiracy theories. Assume everyone's a shithead. Inverted guests. Keith and no girl. Feminist lens crafting with Wendy and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Howdy, Professor. Won't you drop in for a spot of tea? No, thanks, boys, but here's a tip on that English assignment I made this afternoon. This thing is full of baseball and sex things. The Morning Stream. I wonder what kind of world we're opening the door on. Hey everyone, welcome to TMS. It's Thursday, September 28th, 2023. I'm Scott Johnson with Brian Ibbett. Hi, Brian. Hello. Has Hello, that, Scott. Has Tina heard that yet, the thing you did? The voice? No, no. no. She hasn't. She'll, uh, she'll hear that episode. Actually, we did that post-show, so... She she listens to the podcast proper. She doesn't. Mm. She's not a Patreon subscriber. <laughs> sure, whatever. Patreon. <laughs> but yeah. uh, so she's she has not nobody nobody who's uh, not a Patreon subscriber has heard it. They don't know. No, they don't know. What so Tina will tell you and others what we did last night in our post show is we synthesized Brian's version of your voice that he does all the time. And now we have a, an AI reader who can, anytime we need it, will say whatever we want in the Tina Bryan voice, at least as close exactly. as it can approximate. It doesn't quite. Yeah, matter. it's 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 rough, man. It's a uh, it's yeah. it captures uh, pitch, timber, right? Pitch. It gets pitch. the pitch, but I yeah. don't think it gets like the. There's nuance to your portrayal. There's so much nuance. Like I think even if I did the, if you recorded me doing the Trump voice, I think it would probably just capture like the 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 tone of my voice it wouldn't it wouldn't get any of the the you know the the the, 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 the kind of uh, grumbly stuff and yeah the well, the parts where you where there's breath involved it's less right, likely exactly to that yeah. exactly so uh, hey don't worry the future's coming we'll all be able to do it's this coming it'll figure all that stuff out and then we're done Scott yep. then we don't need to do a thing yep. we can just type in TMS and it'll generate our podcast for us or just we'll for give all it to people you. know 
Yeah, it's already doing. It's it. already happening now. I Chat GPT is making the podcast, writing it. It's being fed into Mid Journey, which is pooping out mm-hmm. video. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh huh. The audio is being done by uh, 11.io or what is it? 11labs.io. It's all done. It's all machines oh, yeah. now. It's all yeah. robots. Yeah. And we're it's just all responding. Robots. You don't know because it sounds like we're just having a, like a random, you know, back and forth based on what each other is saying. But really, that's right. The future. The real Scott and Brian are in uh, cryogenic pods right now. Yeah. As a matter of fact, I'm looking forward to coming out of that one day. Hopefully, oh, hopefully not Fallout Four style. When that thing opens. Oh, it's up. gonna reek, dude. It's gonna be terrible. Yeah. It's gonna smell like rotten carrots. That's my prediction. <laughs> it's gonna smell like the inside of a bowling bag. That's right. Ooh, gross. Uh, all right, we have a very important topic. We need to discuss yeah. on a Thursday. Look, Wendy's coming oh later. Right. I'm sure Wendy will have way more important things to say about stuff, but this is an important one okay. that I couldn't get out of my head because I don't actually have a good answer for this. Now, you might say, Scott should save this for, for Bobby, or he should have saved this for someone who's an expert in this in this area. Oh, hell no. Tough poo. It's me and Brian today, all right? <laughs> now, why, why on earth would we do something responsible like that? No, we're not going to be responsible. Are you kidding? Anyway, here is the clip, and then you'll it, it'll... It will self-explain, and then we can talk about it, all right? So here you go. Why are wet clothes darker, even though water has no color? Water is transparent. Then how does it make the color of a cloth darker? Isn't that concerning? Now, if I had, if I dumped a glass of water on this shirt, yeah, right, it would go yeah. dark where the water is. It would be dark. And you're already wearing a black shirt, but right there where you dumped the water, it would be, It'd it be, would darker. be darker. It'd be darker. And if you wore a light shirt, I don't know, orange, it would still go darker. Mm-hmm. Why? Right. If I was wearing a white shirt, you'd see my nipples. <laughs> Bobby says in the chat, this is easy. All right, well, I, I, wait, I await your text very, very... Uh, yeah, should we take our guesses as to why? Like, um, uh, yeah, well, that's what I want to do here. Why do you think it is yeah. that water, while a, a transparent liquid... Let's, let's, tell, you know, let's say this is the purest, clearest water you've ever seen. It's distilled yeah. water for Brian's mask thing, right? Right. You dump right. that on your shirt. Oh, shoot. Well, it'll dry. No big deal. But right now you got a big old black mark. Why is it darker? So here's uh, this is like completely pulling this answer out of my ass. So when you're when you're responding to me in, in X or on threads and saying, you don't know what you're talking about, <laughs> then, you know, this is all, this is exactly where I'm getting this. OK, right. so uh, clothing cloth is porous. Yeah. And the water forms like a like it basically fills in all of those little holes in between, mm. and the color like you're basically seeing the color of the clothing refracted through the lens of the water where everything is 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 porous like everything is so like if you're wearing if you're wearing a blue shirt and you zoom in really close you zoom in enhance on that blue shirt sure and you've got all those little holes right yeah so right now where my fingers are it's blue right well when the water goes in there it's filling in all those little holes and basically it's not closing them up but because it's got stuff in those holes and it's and it's refracting the color around it yeah refracting is probably the wrong word but it's basically filling in all those holes so you're basically seeing blue all the way through okay I think that's actually a strong theory. Mine's close. Okay. Mine was just about density because even if it's just damp and not like freshly wet, so you just have a damp mm-hmm. mark on your shirt, mm-hmm. that to me implies, and, and it's still dark, that implies that the water molecules are filling up space mm-hmm. that normally is unoccupied. 
Sure. So far, we're on we're on we're parody. It feels we're, very parody. Yeah, I think I think we're yeah. kind of on the same on the same path here. Yeah. So that's our theory. But D- what's what's causing it to be darker though? Like you're saying, the water is filling in those spots. Why aren't we seeing if the water is clear? Oh right, that's still you- a good point. Because like, if the water, so if 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 the density increases, and Donnie the- thinks vacuums. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. Brian Ibbett is close, says Bobby. Bobby says, okay, here's what Bobby says. Water has a different index of refraction than air. When it is wet, some of the light gets bent away in different directions. Not so much, or not, so not as much of the light can make it back into your eye when it's dry. Interesting. Interesting. So we're close. We're all all on the same page. It's where we were were at, the refraction deal. We use the key uh, phrase, refraction. And that that, uh, basically, we could have just said, eh, refraction. Sure. I mean, when we yeah. were younger, refraction usually meant like, I'm in the pool and it looks like my legs are tiny or whatever, because that's how light refracted. But in this case, it's more like a light bouncing all over the place in ways that are yeah. small and weird to the human eye. But when I heard this guy ask it in this kind of condescending way. Why are wet clothes darker? I'm like, well, you could. Yeah. You, 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 listen here, engagement farmer. Congratulations exactly. on this year's yield. Exactly. Here's listen. Uh, in the time it took you, because that was I'm guessing on TikTok. I'm j- just guessing based on the music in the background. Well, and, and supposedly of uh, some podcast I've never heard of uh, where okay. they t- captured it from, but yes, it was uh, okay. made available on TikTok. Is where I saw it. Yeah. Uh, in the time it took him to record and edit that, he could have gone to Google or gone to um, you know just basically yeah, gone in Google, searched for that, understood it, and then been educated instead of uh, exactly engagement farming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the person yesterday. I saw one where the guy goes, uh, "So isn't it weird that we don't have like just stacks and stacks of autopsy results from all the supposed people that died in concentration <laughs> oh, camps in Germany? Isn't that weird?" Oh, and I'm no, like, "Really?" I had to write back and I said, "Isn't it weird that when you mass incinerate bodies at an alarming rate?" And dump their ashes into giant graves that you wouldn't have autopsy results for a pile of ashes, you dipshit. Exactly. Ugh. I know. So, you know, look. You're giving, you're giving that troll what he wants. What, you well, know? he'll never uh, hear us talk. But the point no, is. No, that's true. The point no, I is. When like, you wrote him back, you gave him what he wants. Oh, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I get. I get uh, Checker some libs. <laughs> this is the problem. I get really. Um, how do I put this? Goaded, you get goaded into responding. Scott. I don't know if goaded's the right word. <laughs> I take people too much at the at their face value. So if somebody says something yeah. like that, there's a lot of stupid faces though. Yeah. So that have a zero value, or even sometimes a negative value. No, so no, you're right. You're right. But I always, I always have this first front line assumption that if somebody's going to say something, they mean what they say. And it's a bad assumption because a lot of people don't, especially in this context of online or whatever. Exactly. They say it to, you know, again, to get shared, to get retweets, to get likes. What, by the way, what do you call, if you take something on X now Mm. and you, you reshare it to the people you follow, are you re-Xing it? Are you re-Xing it? They have a, they have a name. It says repost in there and it's boring. Oh, repost. Okay. It's boring as shit. How boring is that? You had such an amazing really term, boring. retweet, yeah. and now yeah. it's repost? That's yeah. stupid. Repost. Oh. Stupid. Dumb. They stole that from Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, man. I don't know, dude. Uh, all I know is uh, once in a while people say dumb shit and I have to talk about it on the show. That's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby again, uh, Frankenberger in the chat. My assumption about the internet is that everyone is a shithead. It's kind of a good way. You know, you're never disappointed. And sometimes you're pleasantly surprised when someone that you assumed is a shithead is not a shithead. Yeah, I guess but as long as you can be open to when they're if not. You, then it's not. If bad. you set the bar low you'll rarely be disappointed. Sometimes people, you know, go down uh, several stages below shithead on the, on the scale, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, I have, I have the unfortunate instinct in me still, the naive childlike instinct that I can reason with people. I'd love to reason with people. It'd be great. And I'm happy to do it. But every time I try to engage, I'd love it if that dude all of a sudden said, you know, this Scott Johnson makes a point. They wouldn't have autopsy results for all the genocide that they yeah. committed. Yeah, no, don't, no well, none of them are going to do that. They're never going to no. say it, right? Like, so why? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're right. You're all right, Chad. I know. You don't have to scold me like I'm a child. I know I'm wrong in this way. <laughs> okay, I get it. I get it. What I'm saying yeah. is it would be a lot nicer if the world wasn't like that. That's all. So when I it approach would. this shit, I just like to have an open mind. I have less of one online. But when I'll admit, occasionally somebody will chip my tooth, and I'll be like, "You little you weirdos!" And then I got to say something. I just feel like I got to nope, say. No, I and I 100% agree. I wish I wish uh, I would agree that they would make the world a better place if people, you know, did exactly what you're describing, right? Like you could have a normal discourse with somebody online, and it wouldn't turn into, uh, um, you know, a battle of. Uh, who can plant their feet more firmly in the ground, basically. Because wasn't X, that the, that was You know, the they dream. should have renamed Twitter VS. Like, it should have been just renamed Versus, Versus because yeah. I feel like that's what Twitter is. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a battle between you and the people you respond, the people you respond to or the people who respond to you. It's just that the original vision of the internet was a very utopic idea. It was like, we all are on, we all can access this stuff in real time and we can, yeah. we can share information like the, those original goals and high minded, uh, ideals mm-hmm. still resonate with me, even though yeah. we are way past that Pollyannish stage of the internet that ended probably in the mid nineties. Like we're way past it, but sure. I still oh, yeah. like yeah. it. I liked the idea of it. And it's, you know? I mean, there's still patches of it, obviously, these little communities like we create and stuff. And that's all we can really do is try and um, infect people with kindness. Because uh, you basically like, let's, uh, here's where Brian gets into hippy dippy. I don't know if you've got any, uh, uh, if you've got up, up, up and away in my red balloon or whatever that damn song was from the 60s or anything from Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat. I don't know. Um, I can but, look. You go uh, ahead and explain it and I'll try to find something. But yeah, done. I mean, basically, it's, it's much harder to uh, change somebody else from a distance. All you can really do is start where you're at, start locally, and just kind of infect everybody around you with the kindness that you hope they will then go and infect everybody and Kevin Kevin Bacon this uh, kindness shit all over the place. Right. So what if you go into one of these threads? Let's say somebody says, uh, I don't know, they go, uh, pay. I hear the Secretary of Finance is an alien with three eyeballs or whatever. Some, sure. some bullshit. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, it's probably not, not even worth engaging in because what impact are you going to have? But what if what could you say in there to go? Let's spread some kindness in this guy's 
shitty thread. Here's the, yeah, I mean, there's the. It, it guess it really depends. You can look at that thread and say, all right, does this person, do they seem just looking at their post and maybe their photo if they're sitting in their truck with their sunglasses on and their baseball cap because that's where they decide they were going to take their avatar photo for X. Yeah. Um, if you look at them and say, oh, they look like they kind of have an open mind about this, and I can say, yeah, I know that that's what you know some people are saying about the secretary of finance but if you uh look up these photos of them you can see that they're clearly human and only have two eyes <laughs> so i could just be like a little uh correction bot and uh right that'll exactly. be the change yeah. i want to see in the i'll be a correction bot from now be on the change it really does come down to be the change you want to see in the world and that feels like a a little trite let's just package this up into a little ball that uh, Niffler pooped out of his butt, but really it is kind of a, uh, it's kind of a good way to live. It's just, you know, be the, be the change that you want to see in the world. Start locally and see if you can, see if you can infect people. All right. No more. (laughs) Spread spread the, yeah. Spread the stink of kindness wherever you go. The next time I see a, a, a anti, or like a, like a, a, I don't know, like someone who denies the Holocaust, let's say. Yeah, I'm just gonna drive past that wreck, that train yeah, wreck. I'm not, drive, it's not exactly. stopping there anymore. You because, guys have got your because thing. two things, two things are gonna happen. Either they honestly in their heart don't believe it, but they're doing it for the lols, mm. or B, they genuinely do believe it, and it's very unlikely that you're gonna change their mind. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's true. Yeah, uh, if you guys have any counter thoughts, you know how to get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. We also got an email, sorry, a text from Terry in Chicago. Uh, he says cool. his name's really Tony, but it always says Terry in his messages. So I don't know why. I don't know why it's huh. different, but <laughs> it's really weird. Okay. Like he's Terry Z in, oh, on all of his he, social media then, stuff. We've seen him before. Yeah, um, but he's but then he signed it Tony in Chicago. Unless he messed that up, he may have typed that wrong by accident. I don't weird. know. Okay. It's on a phone. But anyway, it says as to the question which movie set prop you might be interested in taking home. I think McLeod's sword from the Highlander should be in the running. Best to you, Tony, in Chicago, formerly Denver and San Diego. So, uh, yeah, why wouldn't you want that sword? That'd be a cool thing to have. Absolutely. That's a really good prop to take home. I wouldn't be surprised if... uh, It does feel like you'd have to explain it a lot, uh, right? You'd have to explain to people what sword it is, though. Because it doesn't jump out. It doesn't, like, go, oh... You're not talking about the the katana that... uh, You're talking about, like, Kurgan's sword, right? I assume so. Is it a big... Is it a sword that you can immediately go... Oh, oh, that's Kurgan's and no one else's. You know what I mean? Um, let me take a look here. Let's see. The Kurgan sword. I'm looking at it now. Uh, yeah. It's got oh, those cool sharp. spikes on thing. it. Yeah, those little spiky things at the end. Those are cool. Yeah. But you could, they you pop could, out. You could say, hey, this is Lord of the Rings. And I'd go, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you could. You really could. You could say, oh, it's a needle from, uh, well, it gets a little too big to be needle from... Uh, Game of Thrones, but yeah. TV's Travis knows about this. Of course he does. Of course he does. <laughs> yeah, he loves that shit. So yeah, yeah like I, I just feel like that one doesn't stand out. Now, if you had a prop like Luke's original lightsaber construction that they made out of, you know, sure. flashlight and all the stuff, that would be obviously <laughs> very iconic. And as soon as you saw it, you it would, would go, be. "Oh yeah." And even if people didn't know that it was Luke's, they'd still know that it's a lightsaber. They'd right. be like, "Oh yeah, it's a lightsaber." It might be, you know. Who knows right. who, which 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 Star Warsian it is, but it's uh sure. And you not everything you collect is meant to just show off. I understand it'd be mm-hmm. for your own personal enjoyment, and so you would know it's the Kurgan sword. But I just right. feel like everybody yeah. who ever came over, they'd be going, "Oh, cool sword! Was that like Lord of the Rings or something?" Yeah, exactly. And the and the thing is, if you uh, 
all of a sudden you seem like a pretentious dick if you put little placards <laughs> up in front of each thing that say, this is um, Marty McFly's uh, padded vest. Yeah. This is... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, nobody wants... Then you look like a real wiener. Yeah. Nobody oh, see, that. now that's sharp. The uh, the McLeod Claymore. Now that is a sharp looking thing. And, and uh, yeah, and he says that it, uh, it does say McLeod on the... Um, oh, it's like etched in there? It's etched in the... The hilt is what you hold, right? <clears throat> or the hilt... We I know we talked about this before, and it, it just goes to show you how... Uh, how I don't remember shit. Um, what's the so the, there's the part of the sword that you hold on to, and then there's the part that goes across before you get to the blade. Right, the part that goes across, I believe, is that the hit? Yeah, that's the uh, no pommel. What's the pommel? pommel? That's but, the pommel. Well, okay. or is the stick part you hold with your hand the pommel? No, I think that's the hilt. I think you hold the hilt. Okay. And then that and then that little blocky thing that keeps people's <laughs> swords from sliding down your blade and just cutting you cutting your hands off. Some are saying the, um cross guard. Is that problem. what that's called? Someone said cross guard, cross but that's guard? not it. Cross guards who help your little two kids get off have, the street. <laughs> two people have said cross guard now. I don't know. Is that really okay? That's just oh, the pommel l- is the very end. The pommel is the butt. Okay. So that's oh, the, the little because you can do a pommel strike, of of course. Because that's a thing in of video games. Can. Is yeah. that really a thing? Yeah, okay. in a video game, you can. Uh, in fact, one of the it's a it's a D and D move for uh, barbarians and fighters. Oh, um, they cool. can do a pommel. Strike. I only ever play rogues. I don't know these things. <laughs> I use daggers. Stabby, stabby, stab. Uh, so it is the cross okay, that's guard. The cross guard. So the cross guard um, helps you get across the street safely, and also keeps uh, mm-hmm. your opponent's blade from just striking your hands when it runs down the side of your blade. Yeah, and they wear like a bright yellow vest so other cars can see the cross guard as they as they're moving. Gotcha. Around. And then everything together is the. Uh, oh, that's really funny. Thomas Chambers says, "Didn't somebody say something about just googling the answer?" Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's really boring radio if we don't talk our way through this. Yeah, like that's if the I other... stopped and said. Hold on, let's have some silence while I Google. Yeah, it's very different than than Doofus. Uh, I don't know why stuff gets darker when it gets wet. <laughs> yeah, but he even then, even then, that's Google. content, right? That's content for the show. It's the same thing. So, yeah. th- we, of course, we're going to do content. You guys are going to have flipping answers. That's the relationship so, we have with our chat room. That's so how then it's everything. Be. So everything without the blade basically is the hilt the cross guard the pommel and the uh the handle so gotcha. if you go in for a hilt replacement they're gonna say all right well let me grab the cross guard <laughs> let me grab the pommel and i got this here that's uh, right exactly i need the uh yeah I need the <laughs> i'm going in for a hilt replacement <laughs> tonda calls it the, the hilt the taint of the sword very nice very nice <laughs> the taint of the sword uh well there you go uh also we got to try something yeah, I'm, he- I'm hesitant to do this a little today uh, because these oh, meds, really? my, these meds, my doctor has me on are messing my guts up. But I don't care. I'm doing it. Anyway. Oh, We're doing it. Okay. We got an anonymous package. Let me give you a quote from my sister-in-law Sarah, who stayed here last night. Okay. She says, "Or no, this isn't from that Sarah. What am I thinking? This is from Sarah Lane on DTNS Sarah yesterday. Lane, a whole different Sarah. Yeah, I told her that we got Maybe these. Maybe it was Sarah Lee that said it. She goes, Scott, don't eat things that were mailed to you. Is what she said. What? And I said, well, we kind of do it all the time because we trust our listeners. And she said, yeah, I yeah. wouldn't do that. But we are. Um, we both yeah, anonymously. I mean, this is a sealed bag of, of Wavy Lay's Funyuns flavored. So. Yeah, they're all puffed up and everything. There's not even like loss yeah. of air in them. Yeah. Uh, so and, these are uh, Funyun flavored. And I will always trust Choco Mama and her uh, annual delivery of delicious chocolate treats. So, wait, did 
Did we ever? We never found out who did these, though, right? We no, don't we know. never found out. And I, I even put the call out on the show and said, "Hey, show yourself. Yeah, identify yourself." Yeah. So these are psycho because these are wavy lays, which everyone's familiar with, but they're onion flavored potato chips or funyun f- flavored. That's right. Uh, there's a different. Yeah, there's a difference between onion flavored and funyun flavored. Let's get a big whiff of this. Oh, they smell like yeah, the funyuns. Yep. Sort of. They smell like a Funyun and a potato chip had a baby, which I guess is the whole idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. I'm, 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 Go for it. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah. That's Funyun-y as hell. That is so Funyun-y yeah. that it's it's really just the shape is the only thing not Funyun-y yeah. about it. Yeah, there's a real Funyun-ness uh, to Actually, this. Actually, I like these better than Funyuns. I'll say that because you get the flavor of Funyun without that weird... Ah, we... We piped a potato through an extruder and made Brian think for a long time that they were freeze-dried onions mm-hmm. uh, uh, texture. Yeah, and they're just not. Watch a foodie. Uh, a foodie is a guy who's willing to eat anonymous potato chips taste, that taste like Funyuns. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't mind that. I think that's okay. It's a little, on the, it's a little on the sodium side, you know? But so it's are, a lot on the sodium side. I yeah. hate to look and see what, what is the sodium number. So are, so are Funyuns, I suppose, but let's see. Yeah. Two hundred. Oh, it's only nine percent of your daily intake of um, huh. of uh, sodium. So uh, about fifteen chips, uh, one hundred and fifty calories. Not bad. The entire bag will cost you four hundred calories. Get the flavor of Funyun rings now in Lay's mm. Wavy Potato Chip form. It says on the back, guaranteed yeah. fresh. Mm. I like that a lot. Yeah. Thank you, anonymous uh, sender who doesn't want to come forward and yeah, who doesn't want to admit that they did this. Maybe now that we've said we liked it, they'll come forward and say, oh, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody threw up on air. We're, we're good. Right. Exactly. He's like, oh, I don't know who sent it. Generally, we do trust you guys when you send us stuff. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. But don't do something dumb. Don't send us something gross or sick or, you know, don't do that. Uh, that's going to do it for all that business. Let's get into some quick news here before we bring Wendy in at the break. Um, or after the break, I should say. Here you go. Listen to this. Time for the news brought to you by... Brought to you by Coverville today, uh, 1 p.m. Mountain Time, twitch.tv slash Coverville. You'll hear my interview with Renee and Jeremy. They are... Um, a couple solo artists who got together and uh, harmonize incredibly. Renee um, is described by Jeremy as a harmony assassin because she uh, nails it on the first try. She's so good. Um, basically, the way I boil this down to it, if you if you need some sort of um, lighter, like light guitar, acoustic, ukulele kind of covers of things, Renee and Jeremy is your jam. If you're a parent, that has a brand new kid and you don't want to listen to that lullaby shit anymore. I like the, the rockabye, uh, rock, uh, lullaby versions of songs and that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, listen to what I defined, apparently coined the phrase, uh, hush core, um, Ooh, music like of Renee and Jeremy. Their brand new album covers stuff like tears for fears. Um, who else is on this thing? We talked about so many different songs. I, I want to make sure I talk about the right stuff. Um, Harry Styles, Steve Miller Band, Madness, Talk Talk, all these uh, are great covers on their brand new album, which is called Shout. 
No, oh, really? That's the name. And that's the Tears for Fear song they cover. Yeah. How do you do Shout and make it fit with listening with small yeah. children? Well, listen to my episode of Coverville and find out. And since I've recorded and edited the entire episode, I'll just play it. We'll live stream that episode while I do some uh, Conquest in Marvel Snap. Nice. Do you know, yeah. I ever, did I ever tell you that Van's favorite song is Shout by Tears for Fears? Is it really? No. You'll have to see what he thinks about this version. See what... You see what kids think of covers when they're like, wait a minute, this isn't the that doesn't make I sense. Know. I don't understand what's happening. Yeah, yeah, he likes to be in the car and fakes like he has a microphone in his hand and everything. Goes way into it. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, well, he might be disappointed words. then when he hears a lighter version if he's used to the uh <laughs> used to the heavy one. Oh, uh, well, I'll try I'll try it out actually. Um see what you think. Yeah. Well, there was another thing I was gonna ask about that. I forgot what it was. Hmm. Well anyway, twitch.tv slash coverville, one PM mountain time. And uh, we'll see you there. Bah. Can't remember. Bah. All right. Well, I'll think of it in a minute. Um, check this out. The 1% of twi- of Tinder, listen up. By 1%, we mean like rich people. Okay. Listen up. We got a deal for you. Oh, the one percenters on Tinder. Yes. If you're a Tinder user or a person dating and you're loaded, uh-huh. Uh-huh. check this out. The dating app Tinder has just launched a $500 per month option for its elite Ooh. users. Elite. Yeah. You know, that's the ones that have a little yeah. symbol next to their head. So, you know, if you attack them, you need a group of five or more to take them on. That's how you know. Who <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Uh, the dating app has introduced a premium tier that carries a charge of 500 bucks a month. Uh, but even if you can or want to afford that, you're still going to have a hard time getting into Tinder Select Match Group. Uh, that's who runs Tinder. They own all Match.com, all that stuff. Just teased the premium level at its earnings call last month. Quote, the general concept is that we are providing an experience for a small percentage of our Tinder members, says CEO Bernard Kim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to be confused with Kim Bernard. (laughs) Two first names. Do you know Kim Bernard? I I don't. Um, Let's see. And the value proposition is basically give these members a better way to get high-quality matches faster and sooner and make the experience overall more fun. We've been actually testing multiple uh, components of this experience with our members today, and we're seeing actual real benefits so I'm personally really excited about these testing results, says the CEO. Uh, so it's also so not only is it expensive, but it's a very exclusive little chosen group. You, you'll be lucky if you get in there. Yeah, um, no kidding. Uh, you know, for uh, six thousand dollars a year, uh, it basically just be naked people just falling into my house. Yep. is basically what I'd expect from yep. from that level of tender. For five hundred bucks way, a month, you could do. Yeah. I'm not saying it's entirely legal. But there's a lot you could do in your love life for $500 a month. Oh, for sure. For if sure. all you're looking for is hookups and good times and you got loads of money, that's a good premium level. That's the 99% of Tinder, by the way, is, <laughs> is what I was looking for that. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it got me thinking, by the way, you're talking about Bernard Kim, yeah. not to be confused with Kim Bernard. Mm. Would it be cool if, like, uh, um, somebody met someone, you know, somebody with two first names like this met somebody that was the opposite set of names like if if uh keith david oh, and david keith for yeah. example actors keith david and david keith met each other like obviously uh a bad example because they probably wouldn't hook up in a romantic sense one was on family affair and is much much older than the other sure there i think there were one is older than the other who knows though you know new new life chapter for both of them they're on a cruise right. and they right. see each but other let's say it's a uh, right exactly <laughs> so i mean let's say it's somebody like uh like Bernard Kim, there's definitely a there's definitely a woman out there named Kim Bernard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would and, love uh, that. I would love it. I'm into yeah, it. Wouldn't that be great? Like, wouldn't that be awesome if there was like a if they had a little hookup? Like, 
<laughs> well, there's a similar. It's not quite the same, but Dylan's uh, Taylor's husband, Dylan's sister. Her name is. Uh, oh, I forgot their names. What are their names? It's a name that anyway. Her she has the exact same name of her husband as her husband. Her first name. So it's not the oh, flip no. thing. But they and oh. they and it wasn't planned. Like they didn't get set up or something. They just happened to meet, and they yeah. both have this name. Her first name Dylan. Uh, no, oh, no, this is a this is Dylan's a, sister. not Dylan, but. Yeah, Dylan's Dylan sister, sister and brother-in-law, and I cannot remember their freaking name to hmm. save my life. It starts with a G. But Taylor's a great example, like because you can easily find somebody with the last name Taylor. You just need to right? find a Johnson and, Johnson Taylor somewhere. Right? Well, yeah, that that you know the, wouldn't be a Taylor Johnson, but like you know Taylor Taylor Frank, and yeah. I'm sure there's somebody out there named Frank Taylor, and the two of them uh, they belong the, together. Uh, is what we're saying. Let's set up a dating app that just finds your your. Uh, your converse will be the like uh just finds your opposite what name. if we called it so, x verse so x d e r s e there you go yeah, yeah. and we'll we'll Perfect. pretend we'll Perfect. we'll design it so it looks like we've got elon musk backing or something uh-huh you know? good yeah really boost yep. our numbers with all the douchebags for and then, sure yep and then before you know it we're the biggest thing on the block that's right oh shit you're right uh, wabbit magic brian keith was on family affair so who's this Keith David was on, uh, or David Keith was on uh, Six Feet Under. Who's uh, David Keith? I'm gonna see here. I don't, or is he I the uh, he's the him. artist who does uh, the Max, right? Oh, oh, is that who that Who's is? the artist who does? Uh, um, there's a lot of maybe there's a lot. Of, let's see, David Keith. No, that's David Keith. Yeah, he's an actor. Oh, Officer I know this guy. Gentleman. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You'd know him if you saw this guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Firestarter, old stuff, Major League Two, Daredevil, yeah. 2003. We just yeah, saw that. Totally know this guy. Yeah, he's been around. He's done things. So then, who's the artist who did? Was it the Max? Is that David Kyth? Might be K I E T H. Oh, and finding a Kyth David would be tough. It'd be much tougher. Yeah. Yeah. Although, well, I've heard some strange names in my life, so I won't put it past somebody. Some parents somewhere named their kid Kyth, and I don't want to yeah. know those people. <laughs> uh, All right. Well, well anyway, that, so that's a long rabbit hole to go down. But uh, if you got six grand a year and you want to spend it on Tinder, good good news. Good. News. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, here's a bummer. I don't. I wouldn't like this. I wouldn't call this my worst nightmare, but I would not enjoy this. Uh, passengers stuck upside down at an amusement park ride for a rather long time. Uh, <sighs> thrill seekers spend almost half an hour hanging upside down, and that's a long thirty minutes. Mm-hmm. All right. God, yes. You may say to yeah. yourself, 30 minutes, no big yeah. deal. That's no, Seinfeld and, and a commercial break. And yeah, but. Sounds absolutely like hell. Yeah, it sounds sure. bad. Uh, they hung upside down that long in Canada's Wonderland in uh, Vaughan, Ontario, where they were reportedly saying sorry a lot after this. <laughs> a lot. So of we did a similar story. Somebody's like, did you already do this? Rainbow Bright says, um, we did one where it was a roller coaster where the, the coaster thing was stuck at the top of the loop yep. and people were stuck up there and said, you know, we, we asked the question, would you rather be the guy at the front of the car yeah. or the back of the car? Right. This is a different kind of ride. It's called a this jackhammer. This is the hammers. Yeah. yeah. They call this one the jackhammer. If you look at this, I'll show the chat here. <sighs> you look at that photo. That's them. I mean, that's more than just hanging upside down. You're in harnessy shit. Oh, gosh. That would suck. Yeah. yeah no, that... That is an uncomfortable position right there. Yep. Here's how they put it. I love the term. The park said the drama happened when a ride known as the Lumberjack, quote, became inverted with guests on board. 
<laughs> inverted. Uh, it was 10.40 p.m. The maintenance staff was called at 11.05. Uh, or no, I'm sorry. They managed to get everyone down by 11.05. Uh, two guests reported chest pain and were attended to the Parks Health Center before being released without needing any further anything. Uh, yeah. The safety of our guests is always our first priority, uh, says uh, see the BBC on their TikTok said this. Uh, park, park official breezily asking, is everyone okay up there? And getting a resounding, no! <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're not. We're not okay. We're not okay. We're upside down, and it's been half an hour. Yeah, this isn't how uh, gra- gravity and evolution have worked together for th- millions of years, so that yeah. our bodies are used to this orientation. And if you flip us the other way, our exactly. blood system, circulatory systems, our organs, all that shit doesn't like it. We prefer to be head over heels, not uh, like the Alanis Morissette song, Heels Over Head. No, that's not it. That's not No, but that would be ironic. All right. So there, we've done it. Yeah. We've done it. All right. I hate that story. Um, (laughs) That's the, uh, the, 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 like when you described this first thing I was expecting is one of those roving carnivals that sets up their ride, you know, basically has a bunch of minimum wage workers that sets up the ride. Carny but stuff. this is actually an amusement park. It's actually full-fledged amusement park. Get it right, Canada. Yeah. Come on. I'm sure stuff has, well, we know accidents have happened in the Disney parks, but you, you rarely hear yeah. about them anymore. It feels like they got no. that worked out, you know? They pretty much do. Or they very quietly and quickly brush it under the rug. Oh, that's why there's so many conspiracies about, like, there's a dead body in the mountain, uh, uh, space mountain or whatever. And the Matterhorn. Yeah, or Matterhorn, whatever it was. No dead body, but there is a basketball. Well, there used to be a basketball court. Yeah, that was confirmed, right? That was a real thing? Yeah. Yeah, that's a real thing. And rem- Michael a- Gohagen of, uh, what was his show? Real Reviews, one of the... Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the OG podcasters with us was uh, got to go inside. He started doing Disney stuff, and his, his numbers just took off when he started doing Disney. So, Is he uh, still uh, rocking it? Uh, I don't know what he's doing these days. He was Oh, no, he died. A- he died, according to this. Oh, no, 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 no. This is a different guy. There's there's another guy named Gahagen. Michael oh. Gahagen passed away at the age of 68. That's not him, and he's a radio okay, guy. Okay, yeah, no. Um, no, and his and his is spelled Geog Hegan or something like that. Um, Podcast. Uh, let's see here. Podcast Solutions. It lists the book that he wrote. Just curious because you used to hear his name back in the alley days. That guy was mm-hmm. all over the place. He was, and this, this is a guy who, like, man, he knew the business of podcasting. Um. Yeah, it really just lists his uh lists his books more than anything else is Michael W. Gohagen. Yeah, there's or not Geog Hagen, but uh I'm not seeing shows anywhere. Me neither. Maybe he got out. Maybe. Maybe he got out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe he broke free of the chains yeah. that we're all that we're all tied to. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> it's funny. It's always fun to go maybe back to these uh to these mid aughts podcasters yeah. and just see what's yeah. going on. Like I, I don't know if Keith and the girl are still working, but I don't either. But coincidentally, today is the 19th anniversary of my first episode. It just now dawned on me that. Uh, oh my gosh! So how are you? Uh, 28, 2004. That's it's. Are you doing anything on Coverville to? I don't know. Market? Or Not is... for the 19th. I might do something for the 20th anniversary uh, a year from now. Oh yeah, good point. 19's kind of. Uh, but uh, 19, you know, I'll play. I'll play that uh, Steely Dan song. Hey 19, and that'll hey, be. I it. like that a lot. Uh, Keith and the girl, just checking real quick here. Uh, they they're are... still doing it. They're just not uh, together anymore. Oh, they're not together, but they still do the Keith show. Keith is no longer with the girl. Yeah, they're they're friendly exes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
Oh, this is interesting. They say, it's trying to describe their show. Topics have included yeah. internet phenomena, such as two girls, one cup, and the cinnamon challenge. Jeez. Oh, That's great. Well, yeah, good for them, I guess. To, I maybe know. time to update the uh, the bio. Yeah, they got a web. They got webcams now. What does that mean? This is a this uh, this has not been updated in a very long time. Oh wow! I was gonna say <laughs> they moved on to OnlyFans. That's gonna be tough, though. You're in the middle of a breakup. Like let's, you know, things are things are fine now. But at the heat of the of the time when they were like trying to decide if they're gonna stay together or break up, yeah, they're like, you think they're both saying. But we still need to keep the podcast because we got a lot of listeners. Yeah, we, we're still doing this, right? I, I mean, so. I hate you, and I never want to sleep with you again. <laughs> but we are still doing the podcast, right? I always wonder about that stuff when you hear about people who can do that, who can figure that out. I, I think yeah. I admire it. I don't know how you do it though. It seems really yeah. hard to me. Because I don't you- either. Listen, Mary Lou Henner got together with both Judd Hirsch and Tony Danza during the taping of Taxi, and I'm trying to figure out like. How you know it's like uh, at some point you're looking at this woman you're acting with and saying, "Oh, I was sleeping with her for a while. Now she's sleeping with uh, with that guy." Judd Hirsch, really? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's not like an ugly man, but <laughs> no, but but I'm kind of with you. Yeah. He's like some curmudgeon uncle guy, kind of guy. I don't exactly, know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if well, I could make that happen. Uh, she she for for a brief moment apparently was was into that. Yeah. Mary Lou Henner. For the Mary last Lou. season, I'm so going to be so glad when it's over. But I, <laughs> I feel like I need the closure of this this final season. Has it been a rough one? The, the end seasons are often rough for older shows yeah. like that. No. Yeah, it's a little rough. They're really leaning hard into the... They knew the gem of Christopher Lloyd, yeah. uh, Jim Ignatowski, um, as soon as they had him and they said, we need to really lean hard and make every other episode about him. So it's basically... Yeah. Jim, Alex, Jim, Tony, Jim, Elaine, <laughs> Jim, yeah. Louie, and that's when it. You Just see a the, show like kind that. of Andy Kaufman as well, kind of. They really yeah, yeah, that's true. It. They bled him for all he could give before he left. Yeah, but the um, it reminds it's a little like Kramer, not quite as egregious, but mm. uh, Kramer had to have B or C story every week in that final yeah. couple seasons. That was just the yeah. way it was. All right, moving on. Check out this. Yeah. Go fund me in the news. Oh man. Okay. Okay. You know, they got the funds. You can you can fund yourself. You can you know. uh, me. You can there's me. You get the me. Yeah, you got the me in there. <laughs> anyway, they refunded. <laughs> Go refund me. <laughs> uh, GoFundMe refunds donations to poker player who admitted to lying about his cancer for tournament buy-in. You bastard. Oh my God! Wow. Yeah. Uh, gambling, man. There's a there's a point. Uh, the fundraising platform GoFundMe said Thursday had refunded money to donors after a poker player admitted to lying about a terminal cancer diagnosis and accepting thousands of dollars in donations so he could play in a World Series of Poker tournament in Las Vegas, Nevada. GoFundMe said it also banned Rob Mercer. Why is that name familiar? Good. I know a Rob Mercer. And Rob Mercer does sound familiar, right? I mean, there's Matt Mercer there's over a- at Critical Role, but that's not it. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Why do I think I know that name? Rob Mercer. Rob Mercer. That's so familiar. It sound, yeah, it does sound familiar. Weird. Yeah. Anyway, got kicked yeah, from the you, thing. Yeah, go ahead. You can't blame this on gambling. I like how the first thing is like, uh, see that gambling? No, he's a garbage person who just <laughs> happened to be like, well, you know, I, I played uh, played some craps with uh, Barry and Tanner this last uh, last week. You wouldn't see either of them doing this, right? No, no, no. Like that's, gamble, that's not what I mean. But you never see them doing this. That's not what I mean. When I say uh, when I say that, I mean people with severe gambling problems will do severe things in their life to get the oh, okay. money they need to go do it. That's all I mean. I got you. Okay, yeah. yeah. I still think this person's a garbage person, and they would have like 
lied about this for for any number of things. Maybe the guys just in. I mean, yeah. if they're if they're a chronic gambler who can't stop and uh, resort to shitty shit to get it done, I mean, that could be mm-hmm. part of their yeah. part of it. It's like drugs or anything else, you know. The people I know people will take like uh, you know. Or, or drinking, let's say. You're a, you're a casual drinker. You drink once in a while. I'm no a big very deal. casual drinker. Yeah, and you you hold it great, and you're, you have great yeah. knowledge about it, and you don't get blasted and stuff like that. But yeah. people who can't stop and just go right. and go They'll and go. They'll do anything for that last drink. Yeah, they'll do anything time. for that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And uh, I always feel bad for those people because I, I feel like society doesn't quite know what to do with them, you know? Because on the one hand, it's like, well, I don't want to be around that person. But on the other hand, it's like, well, they need help. Do they have help? I don't know. But yeah. then you realize, well, I can't do it all. And like you were saying earlier, you can only do your little zone, right? You got to. You can only do your little zone. You can only, uh, you know, work with your little circle. Yeah. Um, this guy, by the way, that last sentence is the best one. Oh, it says. Uh... <laughs> I didn't even get this far. Okay, okay. <laughs> so he says, uh, he, "Here's a, here's his apology." I'll give the first part too. He says, "I'm sorry for not yeah. being honest about what my situation was." Mercer said, uh, "If it would, if sorry, if I would have done that from day one." Uh, who knows what would have happened? Um, and then it goes down to this bottom one. It says, however, the 37-year-old said he would not be refunding anyone because he believes he has undiagnosed breast cancer. Yeah. We'll I mean, get it diagnosed. Again, we're not laughing at breast cancer, but still like, uh, like, well, oh, man. So I really feel bad about deceiving people. Oh, great. Are you going to pay the money back? No, because I think I might have cancer. <laughs> yeah. Go get it looked at. And men get breast yeah, cancer. Exactly. Go get it looked at then if you think exactly. it's Exactly. <laughs> Stupid. No, I lied to everybody to do the buy-in of this thing. But by the way, I actually do. But I think I might have cancer. Yeah, I think this guy is a turd. Yeah. Turns out. Yeah. Tell you what, I'll I'll uh, I'll drive you to the, uh, you know, to the to the center so you can get that checked out, and then we'll then we'll interview it afterwards. Yeah. And, and see. Are you in Colorado? Brian's got a might have a car. Doesn't matter. I'll drive out there wherever he is. Wherever That's he is, you got him. Is. Okay. All right. I'll go. I'll go drive. I'll, I'll exactly. I'll free lift. I'll take you to wherever you need to go to get that diagnosed, and let's see, shall we? Yeah. Let's just see. If let's you really check that it. lump in your left breast. Let's do it. Exactly. We're going to take a break. When we come back, my sister, the psychologist, will be here. Yes, that's right. A time to help somebody with some problems, and because uh, it's Thursday and it's Therapy Thursday, we're going to do all of that after a song selection from Brian. Uh, some sort of indie in the middle, probably. I would assume. That's right, and. Um uh, again, I like doing these things where uh, if there's people out there who complain that we don't play enough hard stuff on the show, well, i got a treat for you people, you people who like the hard stuff. Um, this is a band called Dark Remedy. They've got a brand new single called Possession, uh, pulsating beats, driving guitars, and thought-provoking lyrics. This is some, this is some pretty heavy stuff, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Um, their brand new album is, do they have a new album? Maybe they don't. Uh, I think this is just released as a single. Uh, Could yes, be. this is just re- released as a single. Here is Dark Remedy and Possession. of electricity Will you set me free?
every day first thing in the morning, an associate gets the key. This associate is responsible for continuous availability. Strap in and get ready, suckers. And we returned. Who was that again? That is a band called Dark Remedy. The single is called Possession. Check them nice. out today. Nice. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Indies in the Middles lately have been fan. Well, they're always good, but these have been great. Lately. Yeah. No, I feel like uh, there have been a few really good ones, like really outstanding ones in, in the last uh, uh, last few weeks yeah so. and, and people can stop yeah. saying you don't bring enough rocking stuff to the show because oh yeah no uh, I, I i i try to do what i can right for yeah, all that stuff because the last few have been like ripping and been great all right we're calling wendy that's what's happening it's blinking as if it's okay. calling her so you know who knows if she'll actually there are uh rings of rings of clickage there are rings of clickage uh no rings of pickupage yeah <laughs> uh oh i just got a message Oh, you know what? I'll deal with that later. All right. Hey, look at this. We're going to play Wendy's thing. Where is it? It's right here. I can't find it. There it is. I'll explain the situation to Wendy. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Wendy will be here to help you with all your problems. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, Hi, Wendy. My sister, Wendy, uh, she lives in Minnesota, but she comes on the show on Thursdays as if she's right next door and does a little bit of uh, helpful, uh, you know, approaches to your mental health out there, everybody. That's what she does. And we call it Therapy Thursday. Wendy, welcome back. Thank you. Nice to have you here. How's things over there? Everything good? Good. Yeah. Been a little crazy here. Been sore throat, so I oh. sound like a frog. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you don't have anything Yeah, and going. also, I'm telling you, when you have as much vitamin C as I do on a regular basis, this shouldn't mm-hmm. happen, right? Mm. But it's happened, apparently. Yeah. Not- Sometimes those uh, those viri can just uh, slide right right. <laughs> viri. Viri. <laughs> Got a yes. little viri in your bloodstream. Like with using the correct term viruses, we're going to go viri. <laughs> yeah. Viri. Do you... Uh, went viri. Do you... <clears throat> Do you, it's nothing, hopefully nothing serious. Nah, you, no, I just started last night, so uh, yay for me. It is that time of year. So <laughs> get your boosters, get your vaccines, and you'll be all right. That's get right. your shots. Get your shots, everyone. Um, all right, Wendy, let's dive in. Uh, you sent me a thing uh, from a, someone who wrote you, and yep. uh, we're going to read it here. It sounds like uh, perfect for the show, so we're going to go ahead and read it. This is from nobody's name, I guess. It's anonymous. We're keeping it that way. Mm-hmm. It says this, My mother in her 70s has always been extremely anxious. On top of this uh, is extreme extroversion, a short temper, guilt trips, controlling behavior, and jealousy. She's a lot to handle. So this past weekend, after she sent a nasty text message to my wife and I, I politely texted her back that, quote, I care about you. Have you considered therapy for your anxiety or talk to your doctor? Unquote. She did not take it well, says this message. Uh, There's something mentally off with her. It's not bipolar. The best I can come up with is that she is emotionally immature. He put that in quotes. All of her children and their spouses think she is off. My parents ended up being divorced 20-some years ago, and during counseling, their counselor suggested medication for her, but she refused. Not sure what else to do. Anyway, talking with my wife about my mother, my wife suggested borderline mood disorder. I looked it up, and it absolutely matched up, except for the suicide and self-harm bits. Uh, that's the whole of the message. Not a ton there to work from in terms of history or anything, but uh, I think a good launching place for uh, for this sort of topic. So so where do you want to go with this one? It feels like a common thing for a lot of mother-in-laws, maybe, or moms getting a little <laughs> yeah, older. I want to hear his wife. 
have his wife write in, tell us what she thinks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, no, this is a tough, this is a really, really tough one. Yeah. Um, because we've got a couple of things going on and we're going to take this with a feminist lens. So buckle up. If you hate that word, I like the word feminist. I like lens lens. (laughs) Lens or yeah. with maybe a feminist with. lens crafter. Let's do it. <laughs> All right, quality okay. lens. Quality Whoa. feminist lens. That's in about an hour. Yeah, I was gonna okay. say. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so you guys know what CRT is? Uh, it's a well, monitor. we know what it is in relation to monitors. Have you ever yeah. have you ever studied with it? Have you ever been in a law school class and used CRT as a lens to? Um, no, I don't think I don't think we do law. know what that CRT. is. So there's a bunch yeah, of CRT. Is the only CRT, by the way, the only one is law school. Okay, okay so the controversial uh, critical race theory thing—that is theory. not what this uh-huh. is. This is not monitors. <laughs> before we got flat screen LCDs, you're talking about something completely different. Right. Oh, is that flat screen LCDs? Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My point is what that is and what the feminist lens of analyzing things are is that you just take a perspective that is not maybe the dominant one in, you know, the world you live in. And then you analyze something just from a different angle, right? And you, you use the literature and the perspective and the lived experience of all those people um, for a certain framing, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so when we look at Let's just take uh, both bipolar and borderline personality disorder or borderline mood disorder. And then we take it from a clinical, psychiatric, fairly male-dominated perspective. You're going to see mood swings as this negative, um, terrible thing. And we've got to medicate the crap out of that. And, like, you know, it, it, it can be a very – you're supposed to solve this. Solve for the emotion, solve for the swinging, solve for the thing. Um, And so that's basically the default model, right? Um, And so taking a feminist perspective or most sort of uh, theoretical or frameworks, um, um, emotional-based frameworks for therapy, we'll see this all very differently. Mm -hmm. There's a couple specific ones like IFS, which I've talked on about here before, internal family systems. There's also one called EFT, which is emotional focus therapy. And these are not, they're not like explicitly on the, you know, the web pages saying feminist theory, but it is essentially what it's saying is from a female perspective, from a lived experience of what it has been to be a female in the world up to this point. And in his mother's case, she's in her seventies. So let's someone do the math for me when she was, she was born. Uh, she said, let me get the date here. Fifties, sixties, fifties, maybe okay. even uh, late forties. Late forties. Mm-hmm. It looks Depending like on yeah. where in her seventies she is. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Good job. You guys are we only got a okay. window for the seventies, <laughs> so we don't have an exact year, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. So to take her life circumstances. Um, now we have, we maybe have some genetic, genetic, genetic component. Uh, Genetic components, sorry. Um, anxiety being a very, very uh, genetically predisposed situation. So we probably have that naturally occurring in the mix. But then you've also got whatever experiences this woman has had throughout her life. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm doing this instead of just saying, well, what you got to do is set some boundaries with your mom, is that <clears throat> it's really tempting. My voice is so weird. <laughs> it's sorry, fine. it's really tempting it's fine. to. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> okay. It's really tempting to jump right at, I want my, I, I need my distress to be lowered because her mm-hmm. distress is so high yeah. and the numb that medicate that, you know, mm-hmm. X, that person out of your life model is, you know, 
definitely a popular option. Um, and so it always can, feels like the easiest one. It's definitely. Like, and tempting. Yeah. And there is part of me every time that's like, Oh dude, you just, you got to back up. You have no yeah. power here yeah. because it's true. You have very little power and you have absolutely no power. If you don't have some influence to help her get what she needs and sure. not, not all of your grown adult children should or would have any of that power to do that. Right. That's what makes this, this so difficult. So um, I should have started with, this is so difficult guys. So sorry. This is what you're going through. Yeah. Um, it is really difficult, but our take on it, I think th- there's some, some ways to view this with some more compassion that would really help. So if I had this person in front of me, I'd say, okay, tell me all the things you've tried. So sending a polite text back, you've tried that. What else have you tried? How else have you attempted to help your mom, um, get some emotional, growth or help or whatever. What have you tried? Right. right. And then maybe I dig into what is appropriate for you to be trying anyway. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. As the kid, what is a role you can actually play versus what most kids feel, which is they have a huge role. Right. Let's let's say this emotionally immature diagnosis is correct. Um, mom didn't sort of fully develop as a person. Well, I wonder why. Let's say she was born in the 50s, mm-hmm. clearly had a bunch of kids. Mm-hmm. that all think she's off yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, probably had undiagnosed a million things. Also f- another jab at uh, the male default model is that a lot of medical or psychosocial emotional things are discounted by the medical field mm-hmm. for women. They're just not believed and, or helped in particular ways. And so you build that. And then I don't know what other sort of things were going on for her. So that's what what I find interesting is you find out what the kid, the adult kid who's like functioning but still has this sort of caretake role, find out what they're doing and what they feel responsible for. So that's important. At, at the same time, you have to be careful when doing this. If someone really was in front of me, I wouldn't jump right to, well, you need to understand your mom went through the 60s. <laughs> you know, like I would, I'd never do that mm, because right. they need to first feel validated that it's really hard to have an immature mom. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. But it's okay to go to their second and say, look, look at what <laughs> she's been through. Look at, you know, yeah. the time that she grew up in probably repressed. Uh, yeah. Uh, That's usually second session. I could yeah, never okay. <laughs> quite get there the first. <laughs> because here's the thing. It is not okay the burden on children to take care of their parents emotionally. That's, mm-hmm. that's not healthy. It's not okay. And so the, the work with the person emailing would, would take precedence definitely before we, we get to compassion for mom. Um, but it's because that is a burden. That means they grew up too fast. That means they may be more emotionally, I'm using quote fingers here, mature than is appropriate. Um, they may, that may, extend into different parts of their life. They, they're terrible at asking for help, even when they really need it. Maybe they're emotionally closed because it's too terrifying to be vulnerable when you were taught that at any minute that could backfire in your face, you know? So you would, I would really want that person to get a lot of support and understanding and working through, you know, whatever trauma exists from being raised by someone unable to maybe be, be the emotional maturity of their age, right? Mm-hmm. And then another thing to maybe find out is when did that shift, if ever? So everyone has different perspectives of their childhood and their memories, right? But sort of checking with this person about when did you realize I'm more mature than mom? And depending on what number that person gives, 
we could point to a lot of things that probably shifted in terms of, um, you know, could be a breaking point or something interesting in their history that might be helpful to, to look at. So it could be like, oh, at 14, when I realized I had to stop my mom from fighting with the principal about my grades or something, mm-hmm. yeah. you're like, oh, okay, I'm the adult in the room, you know? Yeah. Um, and that is a normal developmental step at some point in people's lives in, in an emotionally healthy relationship where everyone's mature enough. There comes a moment where you're like, I got to take the keys from mom. She can't drive anymore. She's mm. going to crash the car, right? You become the adult at some stage. There is um, there is that always that question of when, what are those lines though? Like it's hard to navigate that, especially the question of, should yeah. I just disconnect from this person? There are probably, I assume there's an appropriate time for that, but how do you, how do you even know? Like, this is the time where we've done everything. I know that I've done everything. And the only thing left is for me to just remove them from my life as an option, which you're saying, don't do, don't do early. You know, even if the temptation is there, like you got to work through this stuff, but isn't there an ultimate line that you cross where you're just like, well, that's, that's all that's left. Like, what else are you going to do? Well, and I I think people need to be really careful with this, this line and make sure they're doing the work they need to, um, I know I'm going to admit, I, and maybe other therapists have would agree, or they all think I'm the devil. But <clears throat> there are times where I'm working with someone, where I'm like, "Oh my gosh, just quit your parents! <laughs> like, yeah. come on, yeah. there's it's too toxic." This, and I have to, I have to manage that because I know maybe it would help them, but that is a massive decision, right? And no one makes it lightly. I think we might assume, "Oh, well, you're just you're." you want what you want because that's how boomers talk. But, um, but that idea of like, uh, you, you, this is years of this. So that's why I would ask the, the emailer, like, when did this start? Mm-hmm. Cause when you say, Oh, I've, I've stopped talking to my mom. I'm 25 or I'm 35. Start when you were 30. That started when you were 12. That started when you were seven. Mm-hmm. Something has been brewing for a long time. And then you can't, no, you can no longer function in your life without, that kind of psychological safety of having a break. So it is a serious thing and you need someone to work it through with you and be careful if your therapist wants you to do it too fast. Mm. Um, Cause there is a temptation to be just like, Oh, I know how this ends. <laughs> like this lady's not getting better or whatever it might be. Right. Um, <clears throat> and really from an ethical perspective, we're not supposed to say anything like that. And even though it might be tempting, the other thing is like, it is a huge rip of your soul and heart to do something like that for both parties. So to really, really be considerate and intentional and, you know, work through what you need to work through. Mm. Now, plenty of people are walking around like, I haven't talked to my mom for a while or I need a break, right? right? They're doing it all the time without maybe the the deeper work or the intentionality or processing. Mm. And that's just kind of drama and back and forth and back and forth. Now he never said anything. I think it's a, he said anything about, um, his family, like his siblings, no one's cut her off before. Like that's not in there anywhere. So I don't, I don't know if that's a piece of it. I'm sure there's a mild temptation everyone has to just like have a breather (laughs) or have a break. Right. So like I'm always saying on this show, do your work first before you try to change anyone else, because guess what? You can't change anyone else. Mm -hmm. You, you've got to do your own, which might include grieving the mother you never had. It might include figuring out, where the damage was 
I mean, I'm raising teenagers right now and I have moments where I watch their face and I'm like, is this a, does this go on my permanent record? <laughs> like, <laughs> are you writing this down in your soul that I did this wrong? Shoot. You know? Yeah. Oh no. Is this going to oh. be a whole week of therapy? Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably. Right. right. And then, yeah. <clears throat> but I think there is a, there's, there's sort of an interesting generational gap here. Um, there was this psychologist on TikTok who, um, I can't remember her name. I was going to have it ready, but she, um, did an unintended social experiment. She gave feedback to millennial parents about how to handle when their children are coming to them, giving them feedback that they didn't like something about their childhood or they they were hurt in some way. And just the comment section was very much people like this has hit home. I, I think I need help doing this. Um, this is really informative. I need to apologize to my kid, like responding in like, Oh crap. I didn't realize I'm was harming them. And maybe I'm handling this wrong. And then she did another TikTok for boomers. (laughs) And wow. I mean, a few people were like, this is hopeful. And then it went right into the, like, why do I even need a relationship? If my kid's such a snowflake, Mm -hmm. I mean, that kind of garbage. Mm -hmm. And you're like, Oh yeah, there's a, there's an emotional, accessibility gap there's an emotional i would say intelligence gap um there there's such an improvement in like feelings are okay i've talked about my kids football team i swear to you it's not even football it's just emotional development class (laughs) like it's so based on like (laughs) they just happen to play football on the side yeah and (laughs) that's why they lose every time but anyway it's so so it's a very different world right um yeah and I'm going to give you something to cry about is not in anyone's vernacular who is pe- parenting right now, unless they, they, they haven't picked up a newspaper or something, right? Like maybe they still are doing it, but anyway. And then, so she kind of showed the contrast of the two. And so it's legitimately difficult. We have enough anecdotal evidence here. I'm sure there's actually studies on this. I didn't look it up, but of just the, the handling the feelings of your adult children, parenting adult children is really difficult and, you both are doing it. So mm-hmm. I shouldn't oh, yeah. be the one talking. Mm-hmm. Though I do have an 18 year old that I'm like, feel like I'm doing it wrong with. <laughs> but do you guys have any thoughts on like, when you read this and you think about handling the mother, like you can probably both relate to that part, but then yeah. how about you guys are the 70 year old relating to your adult children? What would you want? What would you, how would you want? Obviously a polite text didn't hit the mark. What, what would you want? Right. And then, uh, yeah, and then I'll because we probably, you know, if we were doing this, we probably wouldn't know we were doing it. We w- wouldn't know that right. we were anxious. We wouldn't know that we're being judgmental or being laying guilt trips on them, that sort of thing. Um, yeah, what would work? I mean, because uh, I would, I would completely bulk at an intervention. I would basically be like, <laughs> "Yeah, you're crazy. What are you talking about? I'm not. I don't do that at all. You're nuts." And then I'd lay some more guilt trips on them. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. there we go. Are you a boomer? Uh, okay. Uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we have. Yeah. A, because, no. we have well, a, if you think about what it is, it's I've given everything to you. I gave up, and I'm going to say this is probably true for this woman. I gave up my whole identity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any career I could have had, I gave up. Whatever you you can list the things of whatever right. I gave it up, right. and the, my payment is supposed to be that you adore me yeah. and keep you're doing ever, what I want. <laughs> right. You're unfla- unflailing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and your success is my success. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Scott, what, uh, what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, 
It's funny. We have these conversations all the time, Kim and I, about what we what our intention will be when it comes to this sort of stuff. Because you can already see, as the kids get older, there's already this thing that we used to do where we think we know everything. We think we know everything by 25 or whatever. Of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so because you think age. you know everything and your parents may sense something that's like a slightly counter to that or maybe culturally different than that or comes from a different perspective because they grew up in the 90s or 80s or whatever – they, you know, there's a little bit of an eye roll, you know, like mm-hmm, oh, whatever, yeah. whatever, dad, you know, you know, bad, 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 that kind of thing. And so we knew that would be a thing because a, we did it to our parents and B, it just seems like a natural thing. So our yeah. goal is never to let that stuff get under our skin ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it happens, you laugh it off. You have a good time with it. Uh, you do not meddle in the details of what your kids are doing or what they're not doing. Uh, you get out of parenting helicopter mode when it comes to maybe even obvious mistakes they're making. Like if you see one of them making a job choice or something where you're just like, oh, they're going to regret this, resisting the temptation to tell them that. Mm-hmm. Because now they are literally going to find all this stuff out on their own. They come to you for advice. Great. Give advice all day. But no more, no more interjecting yourself into how are they raising their kids? How are they doing this? Well, when we had babies, this is how the diapers worked then. You know, we're not doing that. Right. We refuse to do it. And we have to make a concerted effort to do that because there's a temptation to do it. If they, if, you know, Nick says something where I'm like, oh, buddy, you're such a <laughs> You know, I'm, my, my temptation is to try to correct him, but yeah. we are. But we, that will solve that will band-aid or it'll, you know, placate the now, but it won't teach him how to fish. Yeah. Basically. It'll also irritate him. Yeah, and, and you're less re- likely to be asked about anything yeah. in the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll resent me. So 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 it's while it is not easy, and I'm not saying it is, that's been our whole trajectory here, our plan anyway for this phase of our lives is to be not that and to be just there when they need us. Yeah. But also, you know, it doesn't mean you don't reach out and say, hey, we're just thinking about you today. Hope you're having a great day. That kind of stuff's going to always happen. I just want this always to be a safe place for them to always be, no matter what safety means. If safety just yeah. means dad's not going to criticize my career choices, great. I want to be that place for them. But if safety also means they had a horrible experience with a relationship and they need to escape back home and talk to their parents, then we want to be that place too. So the goal yeah. is to try to be that always. And it sounds easy, but then you'll be in situations where stuff will pop up and you're like, I really yeah. want to say this. Yeah, but I'm not, not going to do the it. What the heck were you thinking when you started dating that person? Yeah, exactly. It's like really I mean, a... We a, all knew this was going to happen. Yeah. And I know this isn't a unique experience. Everybody feels this way. I just want to I want to try to be uh, not that if I can. Yeah, I don't know if that yeah. breaks some sort of chain or if Gen Xers are, are predisposed to doing this better. Maybe we are because we kind of care less than well, previous generations. One notices us, so we have an ability to like secretly do things. Yeah, kind of, right? So there's some right? of that going on. And I and I so I feel I actually feel really good about our chances for this. It's a little yeah. harder for Kim when it comes to kids stuff because oh, yeah. she's so invested in these babies that she's you know, if, if Taylor says uh I don't know, I'm just making this up, but it's like uh, you know, Van don't touch that and then he keeps touching it, whatever it is the stove or, you know, I don't know what, um, Mm -hmm. Kim, Kim may have a different method the way she did it and worked with her kids and it did work, but not wanting to share that without being asked for, for it is hard. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So she has to mm-hmm. hold, hold that stuff back in. So we talk about it regularly so that we're always sort of not paranoid about it. We're not at all. But I, I just want us to be ready. So if something comes up, we're just not, our first instinct isn't always what we go with. Instead, we stop, think about it, look at the bigger picture, and then try not to piss anybody off. But also, hey, do you remember how many times you guys were per- trained to stop, drop, and roll? <laughs> A lot. <laughs> how many times have you done it in your life? Uh, then zero, zero. Times. Yeah, the, the only zero. time was practice. The but practice are we thing. all so prepared? And the answer is yes. <laughs> oh yeah, and, for sure. And this is where we're going to apply it. Instead of in a fire, we're going to apply it with our raising adult children, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that okay. is stop, drop, and roll. And the part of the roll, you roll away, and then go <laughs> complain to your friend over pickleball. You like. <laughs> Find a friend. Wow, you're really Stop leaning telling. hard into that, uh, those old stereotypes of the pickleball there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Uh, but that idea of, like you and Kim, the, the, the answer to be able to do such a thing is that you have the support of someone else who keeps that grounded, right? And yeah. and my assumption here is this, this um, woman in her 70s, I don't know if she's remarried, it doesn't sound like it, but has like maybe nobody to do some of this growing with mm, right mm, mm-hmm. and no one kind of takes it's really hard because first of all again we got to remember the kids do not have a job here they are the kids and that is real hard yeah. when you've given up everything and you expect your children to to give back to you in a particular way that has been a long history of human humankind mm. and that is you will take the business that i started so you can have a life and that is you will care for me in my old age and that is you know like all of that stuff that feels you know maybe was given out of obligation given out of love who knows but we got a whole generation of folks who are like um, hold on we need to have a real relationship here or not right mm-hmm. that is a big big change um sure. i'm not saying it's everybody but it's definitely happening in and of course, maybe it's just the internet that we know about. Maybe this was always happening. I don't really know. But it, I, my sense is <clears throat> there's a bit of like, hey, this relationship needs to be healthy, not I am just obliged to do these things for my mother. Everyone feels it. And I think that's maybe if, if parents really understood the power they have of their kids wanting to please them forever, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And also wanting to be approved of and be, you know, all, that's happening at the same time a parent is like needing a kid to do those things so that they can feel good. So when this is the dynamic, this is the basic dynamic. Then we're going to go to this email or back to what they're saying. Now we've added an, a, a good dose of his mom not feeling good and maybe never feeling good, mm-hmm. right? Right. So I like this framing when a kid is struggling and having a hard time is that it's a good kid having a hard time, not a bad kid. Right. And sure. This is a, a good 70-year-old having a hard time. Sure. And That's she's a, probably had a hard time for 50 years. You got you to frame it. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. And here's where the diagnosing is so both helpful and harmful. It's so helpful to have a frame. I can Google this. I can look at the list of things and go, whoa, that person's a narcissist. And I get to you know, wrap my head around something that has felt really awful. Mm. And there's a lot of power to that. Here's where it 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 doesn't have its full, um, it's not all good, is that borderline personality disorder, borderline mood disorder, all of those different things, if we really look at what it is, where does that come from? And this is where that compassionate part comes in, is somebody's got a wound from some point in their life 
Mm. And it could be a wound that they never had a voice. They never felt respect. It could be a wound, literally like a traumatic abuse sort of situation that has messed with their ability to accept and feel love, to be appropriately vulnerable, to feel close to someone. So I hear this and I just think, wow, this woman needs help. And here we have a child going, I know, <laughs> obviously she needs help. Yeah. But who is in a position to help her get this help? And it may not be any of the children. Now, I don't know all the numbers on interventions, but it's not looking good. Most of them don't work. Mm. And that's partly because the light bulb, you know, joke where it, the light bulb has to change. You can't. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Right. right. How many psychiatrists it takes to change the light bulb? bulb. Yeah. yeah. Sure. It's, it's really tricky. So here's where I would, well, first of all, do you guys have any thoughts on how, when you're, feel, when you're powerless, and, and rightfully so, because you are not in a position to mentally change your mother's brain, right? What, what is, would be your suggestions for this guy? What to do? And then I'll tell you what I think. Oh my gosh. Um, I mean, ahead. it sounds like, yeah. you know, so much of this comes from the, again, we're looking at the stop, drop and roll thing, right? Where it's like, all right, let's, uh, even though that's the parenting thing, you kind of got to do with this where it's yeah. like, all right, stop. Let's look at where she's coming from. What's, mm -hmm. what's maybe, cause this sort of thing and how much of it is it like a, how much of it can you just say this is the way she's going to be and we need to kind of kind of accept that and maybe just change or not change but but help her um put uh, help her realize she's doing some of the more extreme parts of it like the controlling behavior part of it the the short temper but maybe you're just going to kind of have to live with the guilt trips because she's a mom and that's what they do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. This, you know, this reminds me of, do you remember the episode we did about the road trip mm -hmm. Yeah. and like come up with a playlist that your parents. Oh yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. A, a little bit of that same feeling. Paint in sometimes. their colors. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. As opposed Speak to in their language a little bit. And, mm -hmm. yeah. and you almost can, you know, what's the word? Uh, divert is not the right word. Well, maybe divert where you, come at them with the love they actually are really craving. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they don't need to do the passive aggressiveness. This doesn't mean do everything they want you to do. No. It's a little bit of like step one, accept that this is who she is and nothing's going to change. Step two, <laughs> um, start to speak her love language with your boundaries. What right. is okay. Time wise, base wise. Like if, if it's so toxic, it's going to destroy your marriage. You're going to have to be real careful with those boundaries. Right. If mm -hmm. it's fine, your wife's like, Oh, it's fine. Um, or you think she's harmful to be around your children, which mm -hmm. that's the thing mm -hmm. you, you, you set those boundaries very clearly. And then within following those boundaries, where can you give her some love in a language she'll understand? So it might be setting a reminder on your calendar and calling every Monday at 8am and having a right. chat. Like We're meeting going the and need visiting her more often because yeah. that's why she's laying the guilt trips on you because you don't yeah. visit enough. And yeah. Right. And meet the need, um, uh, before she has to resort to immature tactics to try to get that need met. Now think small because there are some people hearing this going like, this is all I ever do. This is all I ever do is I meet all of her freaking needs, you know? Mm -hmm. And right there, that is a sign. If you are responding that way, then your boundaries are what needs strengthening here. And you need mm -hmm. to maybe process some stuff with somebody. Um, if you're already kind of bound, fairly boundered, that's not a word, but you know, then decide how you might, Find out what it was like for her growing up. Like use curiosity and compassion as your greatest weapons. Like 
tell me more about that mom, like getting, you know, and she, it may just be that it's so negative and toxic, but you got to expect that you are, you go in with the exact expectation of what you're going to get, maybe do a little bit here or there. Um, here's the thing that will increase any influence you might have because she will feel safer and maybe could hear your polite email or your polite text better. Mm. Um, don't make this your full-time job. It is not right. Mm. Um, and like Scott and Kim talking about like managing the stop, drop and roll, do that with your partner and then also have limits on that too. So it, it doesn't drive everybody crazy. And that's not all the things that you talk about. Yeah. You don't um, want to overdo that. Cause then you're just, now you're just adding scaffolding where it isn't needed. You know, sometimes right. yeah. you overthink it. And that's another thing we talk about when we talk about this is like, you know, let's not go overboard. Let's not have a plan yeah. for every dumb thing someone says. Sometimes right. you just right. got to roll. And then it. this is a really terrible idea. So just put this in your very back pocket. If all else fails, just meet her passive aggressive with passive aggressive and you send her the book. Maybe you should talk to somebody. <laughs> mm. It's good. And there is a character in that book that is this lady. <laughs> so wow. uh, you just start throwing real hard hints and you just see that that will backfire and don't listen to me. That was terrible advice, but the, the <laughs> it, truth, feels, it feels like such a dangerous, uh, road yeah, to don't, do it. Uh, yeah. don't do it. But that book just popped in my head. I'm like, Oh, that would be really good. Because again, you've got <laughs> to calculate satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Where is the influence? So I just had a session with a client today whose child, two children are sort of deconstructing their faith tradition that this mom, it's everything to her. And as we're talking, she's a really bright woman, um, as you know, very open-minded. This is not like she wants to strangle anyone. She just wants to be herself and she wants them to be herself. So we really went into, okay, what do you need to grieve? She needs to grieve that they aren't performing the, mm -hmm. the, the rites and rituals that make her look like a good mother, right? Mm -hmm. She's mm -hmm. got to let go of that. And if I was talking to this grandma, this 70 year old, I'm calling her grandma, this 70 year old, I would be, what do we need to grieve here? The loss of your marriage, the loss of your kids having, you having influence on your kids, that yeah. feeling you must be getting that they all think you're nuts. Cause guess what they do? They just told like a, a, a podcast and we're all talking about it, right? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. what does she need to grieve so that when she interacts with her kids, she, you know, I I'd love to get my hands on her. I get that that may never happen that no one will ever get their hands on her and she's going to stay doing her thing, but you need to grieve that this emailer and his wife, maybe in cahoots need to grieve what they need to grieve. And especially the child of an immature, emotionally immature parent, right? There is work you have to do in order to a either get less, entangled with that parent um and nine times out of ten healing from any of the the sort of wounds it just makes it so much easier to be in relationship with that parent and be less triggered and then you can do sort of the love connecting thing that you know but if you go out of order you'll know that's the beauty if i send a maybe you should talk to someone book and this person <laughs> blocks it that well it's because i went out of order yeah. <laughs> i don't actually have the influence right. to offer that book Right. You're, it's almost like right. a, it's like a good screenplay. You have to earn your scenes you're moving toward or your big crescendos or your whatever. You can't just, mm -hmm. you can't go from, you can't, the first scene can't be your big, your big no, uh, soliloquy. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. One it. summer or one summer, one Christmas we gave um, everybody on our like extended family list um, uh, the same book. And it, it was really, we loved it. And it was all about self-deception. It was like just a cool way of framing. Like when you blame others for something, you're actually deceiving yourself. <laughs> and mm -hmm. 
And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just cool. I thought not even two seconds about that would be offensive to anyone. <laughs> yeah. I was young. See, dumb. Yeah. And what was fascinating, it was my own little <laughs> my miniature um, social science experiment, is everyone who was in healthy mental places were like, this is awesome. Whoa, what a cool thing to think about. Um, and there was also like a parenting one that I gave to like uh, like extended family members who like we had their name for Christmas. It was like just a really cool parenting paradigm kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they loved it. And then the ones who were like, why would you give me this book? You're like, Oh no, you didn't read it. (laughs) Oh, you're doing exactly the thing the book (laughs) talks about. Mm. And you know, Mm. it turns out it was not meant to be passive aggressive at all. It was just like, we love a book. You guys want a book. And then it was just clear that, no, I don't have the influence there. And that person is not done enough of their own work. And that's the reality. If they've, you're, you're talking about a whole generation who isn't done maybe any work. And then they're talking to their children who are scouring the internet to be better parents or working endlessly to, to be kind or do the things that they don't want to damage their kids with. Right. Like, and then we have them still in a parent child relationship. It's a miracle. It's working at all. <laughs> Sorry wow. to be so hopeful. No, 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 no. That's that's good. I. Uh, it's funny. We're we're you know. I, I try not to tie too many recent things into these discussions, but we're having kind of a similar issue right now with somebody who's not a seventy-something mother slash grandma, but it's the same weird things you have to navigate. And it hit hit me the other day. It's like. I want to be able to say this thing that just seems so simple and straightforward. I just want to say mm-hmm. it and then it would make sense to anybody who it makes sense to. But this one person is not at all in a place where they will understand it. They just, it, it will seem passive aggressive. It will seem attacking. It will seem, it'll seem 15 things it isn't, but it will to them because that's where they're at. Yes. And I think what you're saying is you've just, it's a kind of another way of saying you've got to meet people where they are and then find a way to gain that influence, uh, you know, wh- however that yeah. works. And it's not trickery. And it's not like manipulation. It's not trickery. Right. No. It's also like maybe some humility of like, I will never have that influence. Yeah. And that's hard. And that's what's happening with a parent who can no longer influence a child. So, yeah. Maybe a general bit of advice here is if you are raising teenagers, um, and look at me like I know because I'm in the middle of it, but is that uh, you're really pretty done raising them by 16. Everything you have shoved into them is kind of in. It's all in there. (laughs) And the rest (laughs) of the time, 16 to 25, is transitioning out of their circle. Mm. So I think we've talked about this before, but we all have a circle around us, and there are certain things that are just – your thing in that circle. And when people are getting into each other's circles where we have a lot of problem. And when you are raising a child, you're in that kid's circle, wiping his butt. And you're in that kid's circle, telling him how to make friends. And you're in that circle, making him eat food. And then you got to back yourself out of that at some point, but when, mm-hmm. and most parents maybe don't know when, and they, they're having their own developmental um, crises of like, I don't even like my job. Well, I'm going to make sure my daughter will always be here for me. (laughs) So, you know, like you're, you're in your own flux of things. And so really starting, if you even just can grasp that mentality of like, I I'm, there's a transition and there's a time and a place and there's, and that's, what's really tricky for these sort of older folks who it's like, 
fear, right? Like I need these people to take care of me. Yeah. And they act like I'm weird. You're going to get more borderline looking, right? Yeah. yeah. So I should probably define what that is. Really <laughs> borderline lo- uh, Yeah. Give us the scientific <laughs> phrase. Because uh, that, that was a really good definition <laughs> used by everyone. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. So really quick. So I, I maybe one day they'll change the title of this because it's such a weird term. But borderline is kind of the idea of the lines between two people or the border between two egos or two personas is blurred. Um, and I think that's why it was named that way. I can't remember exactly. But so basically it's considered a mental disorder characterized by unstable moods, behavior, and relationships. And we don't quite, we can't be like, oh, that's caused by being dropped on your head when you're six months old, right? right. It's not so clear, but dry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it is based on basically emotional instability, feelings of worthlessness, insecurity, impulsivity, and impaired social relationships. So if you love me, then I'm okay. If we have any real interaction that, or challenges, I can't, that, I'm so destabilized by that, mm-hmm. that I need to banish you or hate you. So people have to be all in and all good. And if not, they're all out and they're all bad. Wow. And that really stark, and that feels really incredibly young, right? Yeah, like yeah. you could see a little two-year-old doing that, like, you went out of time, mom. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, okay. <laughs> so it's very developmentally appropriate at a younger age. Yeah. And this is where trauma matters and someone's history matters. Where, wh- Why are we stuck in that very young toddler response? Um, <clears throat> and it, partly because there was probably not safety. Right? Well, partly part of it too is like we're, you know, I, I can't speak for this writer, you know, entirely here, but I'm guessing like a lot of us, you're really busy in your adult life now. And yeah. it's uh, it's your prime time. This is you being an adult at the most prime time you're ever going to be. And so these things feel almost like op- there are obstacles you're not planning on. It's like, ugh, I got enough to do now. I got to worry about mom having a breakdown over, you know, you know what I mean? Right, like right. if you had all the time in the world, you could think of all the ways you would like to care for her and what else you could do and all that. But all of us are like – Doing nose the same to the thing grindstone for yourself and for your own families. Yeah, exactly. So that's why yeah. it's it's uh and and they don't it's not that they don't know this the older folks who are moving past this into their own little new phase. It's just that they don't re, they don't re, quite remember it. Or they mm-hmm. don't quite mm-hmm. remember that when hey, when you were 30 and your mother called you out of the blue with something crazy, that happened to you too, but you've forgotten what that what what that meant or what that felt like. And so there's a resentment to like, I can't believe mom's doing this. Like she's 72. She shouldn't be yeah. thinking like yeah. I've done this with our own mom. Like yeah. some of the stuff she obsesses with, I'm like, why at this age, why do you even freaking care? And you know, like it feels like everyone's in junior high again, but a huge part of it is not them doing it. It's me and the busy space I'm in with my own life, right. my own family, my own career, like all these things I was trained to be ready for. And everybody, all hands on deck for what your life's going to be. But now I got these these weird birds that are all turning 80 poking at me going, <laughs> what about this? What about that? And it's and, th- and I think that I have to remember that sometimes because I think that's part of this whole problem is yes. we're just well, so busy. Take, um, Grandpa Ward, remember him? Oh, yeah. He would sit in the background there. If, if you think of, is there a person that needs to be the center of attention? And the opposite would be a poster of 
Grandpa Ward. Grandpa Ward, yep. <laughs> sitting in the background. This guy would sit just, in the back, smoking on a pipe, not say a word to anybody. Smelling a little bit like pipe, yeah. Yep. And just observing, right? Like, that is historically the the aging sort of kind of got out of the way. And then also just think about technology and accessibility. If I sure. can call, if my kids, I know I'm with them and I watch them answer the phone every time I call, or I see them text immediately when a friend texts, but they don't text me back. Like you have a whole nother way to be offended that just did not exist. When mm-hmm. Grandpa Ward was yeah. Grandpa Ward um, just sitting over there mulling around the horrible war experiences he had while he smokes on his pipe. And that was silent <laughs> generation dude, right? And yeah. then you got... Boomers who are like, everything works out for me, and I'm still the center. (laughs) And that is real in terms of just a collective experience of, I get the best interest rates, and I have all the money. (laughs) Right? All that stuff is going gangbusters for them. Why would their kids not want them to be the center of the universe? And here's the thing. Until you have a child who starts to move away from you, you won't get this, right? It won't make sense until it happens. It won't make sense. And then you'll go, okay, I can see why this was really hard for them. Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, that is your second midlife crisis, everybody. And this is, how am I going to live the rest of my life? Where am I going to get what I need if I can can grieve that I can't get it all for my kids? Um, But then where do I get it, right? And people often skip the grieving section of like, I got to grieve this magical thinking <laughs> that I was going to be the center of the universe forever. And then get on a pickleball court where you are the center of the universe. <laughs> That's right. You're the center okay, of quick, that pickleball I'm, ta- court. I'm talking about pickleball a lot for a reason. Yeah. Is that. Did you just go to pickleball league? <laughs> no, but I am going to in, in 10 years because I'm not that old. But <clears throat> here's the thing. That there's some research on longevity that's really fun to read all of the different activities you can do and how long you'll live yeah. and increase your lifespan. So swimming, you're going to increase your lifespan by 3.2 years. Um, you know, cycling, I don't know, crocheting, whatever. All these activities, you can, we can kind of measure how much longer you're going to live for it. And the best by far, by six years, beats every other category by six years, is um, 9.3 years, I think, of extended life if you play a sport with a racket. Oh, really? Really? So it could be squash. It could be ping pong, uh, kind of. It could be um, badminton. It could be pickleball, tennis, any of those things. And any guesses why? Uh, You're swinging your your core around and your heart gets more (laughs) movement or something like that, if I had to guess. Swinging your core around. That's a good one. Uh, Brian, do you have any thoughts? Um, That's not it. Because it's a good practice for defending yourself and that's going to help you live another nine years. Like it's, it's good sword practice. Yeah. Okay. You are doing what every one of us would assume is that physical exercise to make us live longer is the point. But yeah. it is not. It is actually the social. Mm. Oh, really? Mm. You but can't. Why, why with a racket over, you know, playing soccer or playing. Yeah. Why is it the racket? Bowling or golf for the swing thing. And those things you can play with other people, sure. But you also are getting quite the same physical benefit and the amount of people. And it's the combo of the two, the social and the the, combo. mm, Yeah. I like it. And you take pickleball, and the reason it uh, it is such a sensation is anyone can play it. Tennis is not available to everyone's bodies, ankles, wrists, arms, whereas pickleball really has a a longer span of when people can do it, but it really is about the sociality, right? So whenever I'm working with anyone who's in the mom 70 plus category, Mm -hmm. my goal is always to steer them towards creativity, steer them towards self 
understanding and development and getting their butt around people who can talk to them on a pickleball court if they no one will talk to them anywhere else. But just having connection and letting them rant about their stupid child's decision to a friend, not to that child or holding it in and having it come out. Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, I'm giving way too much advice to the mom who's never going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> whereas, you know, the son, I, I mean, Scott, you're really right. Like he's in the thick of living his life mm-hmm. and he doesn't have the support. He has the burden. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really hard and needs, needs to be grieved because yeah. you can't, you're not gonna be able to change that. She is you know, maybe magically one day, I don't know, have her listen to the podcast, see what she says. Um, give me your address. I'll send her the book, (laughs) but you know, there's, there's not a lot of power we have in those moments. So you got to do a couple things for yourself and in order to make some of those decisions. Now, when people have drawn a line and said, I'm no longer in contact with this person, there's a lot of harm that's been done. Um, and so don't discount that when people, I mean, just know their heart has been split in half. Yeah. If that is the choices that they're making sure. right now, can you have a flip it dumb 19 year old do that? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you know, that's going to not last. These lasting ones are usually because you are, you have been more mature than your parent the whole time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really, it's really, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard. That stuff's hard. And the older they get, sometimes the harder it gets. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And then your parents start saying things like, well, we still have senior sex or whatever mom said that one time. Okay. You remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that when she said that? I remember just going, all right, that's dinner. See everybody. We're going and, <laughs> and see. That would be that. Yeah. And okay. Here's an example. That's a great example, actually, of I'm still the center of my own musical. Yeah. And I'm offended that you don't think I am. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So let me tell you about my old lady sex. And you're like, okay, great. I'm so happy for no, you. That's exactly, what it, that's exactly what it was. And what's funny is, the, 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 so the challenge is, as you enter new phases in your life, is to remember that they do that and know that you're going to feel similar things. You're going to have a moment where uh-huh. your kids are like, well, dad, you don't understand how holographic projection works or whatever new tech. <laughs> you know, they're going to have something like that. And as much mm-hmm. as people like Brian and I stay up on this stuff, there will yeah. probably come a day where we get a little lost in that area. Mm-hmm. I, I sure. would rather be prepared yeah. for that so I can say, oh, I, don't, I haven't heard of that. You want to, you know, maybe explain it to me or whatever. I want to be open-minded to those things. I don't want to get into some weird thing going, well, back, but you know, the whole back in my day bull crap. I don't yeah, want to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm so uh, against okay, it, but, but I felt the temptation. I'm telling you how I'm already doing it. I you am know? doing it in the, oh, you guys, I feel bad. You, you know where everyone is all the time. Like that sucks. Yeah. Like I hate yeah. that for you. Yeah. yeah. For me. And I love to think about, I had to find a payphone every once in a while. That feels like the back in the day for me. A little bit, yeah. But I, I think of it more for more psychological reasons. Well, I don't sure. know. Do you guys have any? I think so. I day? think I do stuff like, um, I mean, we've been lucky that a lot of cultural stuff from the 80s and 90s. It's kind of come yeah. back. Yeah. People yeah. love it. My kids love the music from then. Like they were, yeah, we kind of raised them awesome. on it. So so we haven't really had those falling outs. And, and, and Kim and I are, you know, we love new music. So it's, that's never been an issue. Even when the yeah. kids were in high school, it's like we were finding bands and introducing them to them. And they were like, oh, dude, cool, dad. And I'll show that to my friends. So we kind of have an opposite thing going there. But um, I'm sure I do it with stuff like, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. So it's hard for me to understand just how disparate the difference between um, what people can make in entry-level job positions Oof, as yeah. someone who's trying to you know strike out there. 
and correlate that with what their rent is. Uh, um, it is it's yeah. bananas, right? And you forget it sometimes. Yeah. So you're like, well, there's a temptation to say, well, let me tell you what I did in 1992. I uh, mm-hmm. just worked real hard, you know? And I, I, yeah. if you work hard enough, but in the back of my head, there's a little voice going, Scott, that apartment you and Kim had was 349 bucks a month. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it seemed like a lot. It seemed like a lot back then. I worked hard at my one job that I had to do. <laughs> yeah, while well, Kim stayed home and got ready to have the baby uh, during You're when right, she was pregnant. Exactly. And somehow we made it all work. But boy, I think it was just due to that hard work grindstone. Exactly. And yeah. I have to stop myself go. and go. Dad, we each have to have two jobs yeah. and four roommates to be able to afford a crap apartment. Yeah, we had a we had a similar, we had a conversation that went just like that. And it wasn't directed at Nick and B, but we were yeah, trying to, because they were course. talking about how things are hard right now. And I'm like, well, this is what we did. And I, and I kind of realizing what I'm saying as I'm saying it. And then we realized that Nick's rent is more than our house payment. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. Not, and that's yeah. not because Nick picked some fancy place up on the east side. That isn't it. It's because that's yeah. the cheapest that's thing he could find mm-hmm. in the city. So, you know, and it's kind of a dump to be honest. So, yeah. so you know, like it's, mouth. so those kinds <laughs> of things, you have to just be really mindful as you're saying it mm-hmm. and try to remember that you're not it isn't what it was. And there'll be ways in their lives that aren't the way their kids' lives. And it'll be the same thing. Everybody has this. It will. Right? It'll go on forever. And you could, in your attempts to stop, drop, and roll, um, and add stop, drop, and be curious, maybe, is like, mm-hmm. just ask them what it's like instead of telling them what it's like. Like, imagine, yeah. or, or you flip it to the generation before, right? So you could say, if I'm talking to you know, someone old. I do this with John actually all the time. Yeah. He gets going on someone crazy and I'm like, John, when you were five. Yeah. No, you do and that. Then, you do this all the time with John. I love it. Yeah. I love it's it. It's so easy because the best thing he, he just wants to, he wants to hear the story again. And he wants mm-hmm. it back when it was simple and it made sense to him. And like, that's, that's speaking someone's love language, even though it was psychologically manipulative mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. for the sake of all those around. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I have found that my kids, like, as Adam repeats a stupid story that does not help with the situation, I'm looking at him like, oh, dang it, this is coming. It's like, we have an answer and here's an anecdote. We'll tell you 4,000 times. And you're like, I don't know how you stop this. It's like a train we're all on. We can't get off. But be nice to yourself. Try, try. And yeah, good luck to them. Honestly, just email me her address. I'll send her some books. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wendy's always got homework for you, class. Right? I know. I'm happy. I'm happy to send a book along yeah. anytime. She'll anytime you it. guys need me to passively aggressively attack someone in your life, I got it. <laughs> I got a book. Yeah, you got a book, baby. Um, awesome. Ladies. Yeah. Well, hopefully uh, things uh, this helps. I hope this helps. And if it does, let us know, uh, listener slash person who emailed Wendy, and probably tell you first because because they reached out to you in the first place. But yeah, uh, be curious yeah, to hear any feedback. Does. Uh, keep your eye on the prize over there at realsteps.org. When's that opening yes, up? Yes, we, uh, we have opened up for registration. So you can go to realsteps.org right now and click on the join us. I forgot what the button says. Um, and uh, it starts <laughs> November 6th. It's going to run through. Um, we meet Mondays live every Monday. It's going to be at noon central time this time. Um, <clears throat> and that live meeting, if you can't make it, you can see the recording afterwards. But that starts on November 6th, and then we finished their last meeting is December 4th. Yeah. So, set up. It- it's going to be awesome. We have lots of good, fun, new stuff, and 
it's just so fun. Like such good people. Oh my gosh. I love them all so much. So is, join uh, us. Is Elena, is Elena in her green drink? She's all moved and settled and good. She's all good. Yeah, right. she's good. She's in, in uh, the old Florida. Oh, that's right. So. America's wang. Uh, yeah. The button says sign. <laughs> the button says sign up today. So that's yeah, what you're looking today, for. Yeah. today. And so. if you want to scroll to the bottom and just put your email in, um, I haven't started sending out emails yet, but I'll send a couple with explanations. If you want more information, you can also email me anytime at admin at realsteps.org Fantastic. and be happy to walk you through it. Um, yeah. So hope to see and I hope your faces and old faces. I hope your cold abates soon. I hope it goes. Thank away. you. Because yeah. it's painful. Yeah. Okay. All right. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. A lot of that going around right now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. Hey, I wanted to remind, uh, remind people, get a little schedule stuff going on here. Uh, today, 1 p.m. Coverville. So there's that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Play date tomorrow, 10 a.m. Uh, we'll That's have right. a combo of we. I like this combo of some Jackbox mixed with some Among Us. We'll do that again. Yeah, it's a good it's a good uh, balance for the people who like one, but maybe not the other as much or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, just mixing things up a bit there, so that'll be fun. Uh, core on Friday this week. John has a thing tonight, so it will not be on the normal Thursday. But we have a ton to talk about. Metzen officially in charge of all things Warcraft. Uh, mm. A bunch of other stuff. A Sony executive, the chief executive officer, stepping down. Uh, from his Jim Ryan stepping down after uh, almost 40 years with the company. Or maybe it's 30. Oh, wow. He's been there forever. Um, and he is stepping down. So all kinds of news, stuff to talk about, and some games uh, discussion happening on course. So that's 5 p.m. Mountain uh, on Friday Night Live if you want to catch it there. Uh, Film Sack on Sunday this week. Another shift for uh, someone's schedule. But uh, check us out then. We're doing... Oh, shit. What are we doing? Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods. That's right. We're starting yeah. our Halloween business. A little early, folks. Not that early. Yes, we are. No, no, we're starting at October 1st. Yeah. Like the Sunday is October 1st, so That's right. it works out perfectly. Day one. Um, and also, Skim will happen tomorrow sometime. Uh, we're working schedules out with Kim and her sister visits and all that. But uh, oh, and a quick update on that. She's comfortable. Uh, they. It could be any time is where we're at. So there's yeah, a lot of that going gosh. on. There's sisters okay. all over town. I've never seen so many sewn sisters in my life. They're everywhere. <laughs> but it's good. Wow. They're all here for their sister, and that's good. Uh, finally, Robert from Hooterville wrote in. <laughs> Hooterville. Well, he, he sort of yeah. explains. He says, Hendertucky yeah, is the yeah. self-deprecating nickname for the old Henderson, or sorry, for old Henderson, Nevada by the locals. So there's a little confirmation there. Old Henderson is very blue collar and has its fair share of rednecks. We also call it Hooterville. Uh, to this day, this part of Henderson feels like a small town. There are neighborhoods near me that are zoned for horses. Uh, we also like to differentiate from the Green Valley, the snootier side of Henderson. I'm really wow. enjoying the performance, nonetheless. Robert from Hooterville. I think. I hope they call Green Valley Snooterville. Mm. Yeah, that's That'd pretty be, good. Why? <laughs> of course. Yeah, they should. If they're not already doing it, they should. Or so Hen- that actually sounds like a pretty nice place to yeah. live. Yeah. Henderson, I would live in. Right? I'd live in Henderson. It'd be all right. Yeah. Everything yeah. that he's described, I like old town feel stuff. I'm into For it. For sure. Um, he, I like his, I love the show though. Uh, I'm already enjoying the performance nonetheless is a great alternative. I like that a lot. Nice, nice. Thank you, Robert, for that. Send us your texts, 801-471-0462. Send us your emails, uh, themorningstream at gmail.com. And join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash TMS while the month is still with us. Get in there. It's going to do it for us. Brian, do you have a song to play here at the end of wasn't, the deal? Wasn't Hooterville the town in uh, Petticoat Junction? Uh, or was that? I don't yeah, know. It was, it was Hooterville. Hooterville. Wasn't that a... Oh, I'm thinking of... 
What's what's the Dr. Seuss one? That's Whoville. That's oh, uh, Whoville. Yes. <laughs> Hooterville at the junction. Petticoat Junction. Oh, you're absolutely right. It is called Hooterville. Nicely done. Go. Petticoat Junction. Oh yeah, and Green Green Acres as well, Jeannie. Is that true? Yeah. So it was. Oh, let's see. Yeah, Hooterville was shanty town. Oh, it's actually based on a real town. Hmm. In Seattle, uh, 1933, it was a shanty town called Hooterville, and then a lot of these shows uh, use that as their inspiration. According to this entry on the internet, which we have learned not to always trust, so I don't know. Yeah, who knows? Okay, all right. Anyway, play us a, uh, a Hooterville cool. song or something. Yes, a Hooterville song. Uh, I'm not going to, but I'm going to play something for Kyle, uh, Mister Stephanie Inapets. Um, he says, uh, this is a message from Kyle. Happy birthday, Stephanie in a pets. Oh, look at that. She's in the chat room exclamation pointing herself. Nice. Uh, you are the best friend I've ever had and the love of my life. I want to continue to grow old with you. I also hope that you enjoyed the breakfast that I picked up for you. I love you. Hey, Scott, could I get the clip of Steph complaining about apps? I laugh every time I hear it. Uh, Steph complaining about apps. Where would I have, what would I have called that? Um, look under apps. Maybe I'm going to look app, under apps. Maybe. Uh, let's see here. Apps. The question is, did I keep it or did I not? Sometimes calls I don't keep. Um, let's see. Steph. Uh, Steph. Oh, here it is. I absolutely hate that segment. <laughs> there you go. I did keep it. <laughs> nice. I'm glad. I'm glad I did. Well, happy birthday, Stephanie. And, uh, uh, good, uh, uh, good, good work, Kyle. And I hope you did pick up a very nice breakfast for her. <laughs> um, he requested something from Stranger Things or sounds like it would be in Stranger Things. Well, this is something, this is not just a cover of something from Stranger Things. This is a cover that was featured very prominently in a few different episodes of Stranger Things. Um, usually during a very sad moment of the show. Uh, it comes from the all cover album that Peter Gabriel did in 2010. Uh, in which he covered a bunch of artists. And then uh, the follow-up to Scratch My Back was an All Scratch Yours, in which those very same artists, or a lot of them, um, covered Peter Gabriel right back. They covered him uh, right back. This is the David Bowie cover. I'm sorry, this, this is the Peter Gabriel cover of the David Bowie song, Heroes. Here is Peter Gabriel. Just for one day I 
frogpants.com Am I mistaken or do I detect the odor of almonds? Ew. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.